All right, Jason King here with the Sickin' 365 podcast, along with my host, Ashley Hodge, my co-host, Ashley Hodge, and uh, we are excited today to be joined by longtime Baylor assistant, one of the top assistant coaches in the entire country, Jerome Tang, uh, nice enough to join us here uh, Thanksgiving week, and Jerome, everyone's real excited about the season, and this is going to be a positive, upbeat podcast, so let's get the one negative thing out of the way first. A little bit of disappointment this week. You know, the Bears excited to go up to uh, uh, Connecticut and play Arizona State, possibly Villanova. Uh, gets canceled at the last minute because of COVID reasons. When that happened, can you just describe how you guys broke it to the team and, and just what the reaction was? Well, uh, you guys actually broke it to the team. You know, uh, <laughs> like <laughs> we can't keep anything from them because of Twitter. And so, right. You know, it's amazing. Sometimes we think there's a mole in our office or some some bugs or whatever, but the guys, they knew it before we told them. And because uh, someone is trying trying to break it. So that, that makes it um, difficult. So they all like experience it differently rather than collectively. Uh, but uh, we've got some resilient guys and they, they, they I mean, they, they obviously was disappointed some of them might have been a little more disappointed they weren't going to get that per diem from the trip. And, <laughs> <laughs> but, no, they, they, were, they were really looking forward to playing somebody else, man, just, just you know, seeing somebody in different color uniforms and uh, getting after somebody else. And, and so um, – but they took it in stride. I mean, we've had two really good practices uh, since and um, just looking forward to the next thing. How ready do you think the team was just from what you were seeing in practice? Are you guys pleased with how things are blending together and, and how the team's gelling at this point? Uh, I would say compared to last year, at this point, we are further along offensively than we are defensively. Mm-hmm. And so um, I leave practice upset every day and Coach Drew has a smile on his face. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So uh, in, in your – you mentioned before we started the podcast, you're broadcasting from your bedroom because the family's putting up the Christmas tree. So you're, you've been relegated. Dude, it, it's, it's Santa Claus Central out there right now. The, the tree is up. They're hanging stuff. Ornaments are everywhere. Uh, my son, Seven, is is home from school, you know, and uh, that, that was the next. his first semester at Baylor? Did he, did he enjoy his experience? Um, I think he enjoyed his experience. Um, I will tell you the benefit of COVID. All right. This whole situation is that um, there wasn't as a parent, I wasn't as nervous because there weren't as many temptations out there. Yeah. Teenager who's out on his own for the first time. And Baylor actually had some uh, parental guidelines implemented that I didn't have to be the bad guy. Like, I mean, you know, the like just just some of the things that were eliminated were things that as parents, you hope that when your child is confronted with those things that they make the right choice, but they may not always make the choice you would want them to make. Well, half of that was eliminated. So it was great, you know, as a parent. So I was a little more relaxed. Yeah, that's a a great point. All right. So getting back to like, where do we go from here? Mac Rhodes has said on an interview with David Smoke today, that we were trying to get an MTE. And for those that don't know what that term is, it's a multi-team event that would allow us to get nine non-conference games instead of seven if we if we only find one opponent before we play Illinois. 
Uh, can you shed any light as to where we stand on that? Or does it look promising or is it all still fluid at this moment? Well, does this thing, when does, when are y'all going to actually put this out? Uh, probably tomorrow, probably sometime tomorrow, like Wednesday. Oh, okay. So right now coach Drew is finalizing a deal to that. We're going to go to Vegas. Oh, great. Um, we're going to play Utah Valley state okay. first. Yep. I think it looks like it'll be on the 27th. Okay. We would play Washington on the 28th. Right. And then we're going to leave there and go straight to Indianapolis. Okay. So we'll get two games in and the one game against Washington. I mean, so, so we're, we're, those, those two teams are set or is it, if we beat Utah Valley state, we play Washington. Is that if both teams win? Ooh, I, I don't, I don't exactly. I think those, those teams are set. I'm okay. pretty pretty sure of that. Okay. All right. Washington's going to play somebody else and then us. And then those Utah Valley State will play the other team that's in the event. Would we be able to make up the uh, Seton Hall game or is that game just uh, – is that is that off the schedule now? You know? uh, I, well, I think that's off the schedule now. And, you know, we're going to – like, co Coach is so funny. He said uh, – today like before we leave an office he said don't worry the dice are hot uh tomorrow teams are going to lose games and they're going to be calling us looking for games so <laughs> <laughs> right right i didn't know when he meant the dice were hot it meant that we were going to vegas though you know at the time i thought <laughs> i like to roll the dice i think uh sometimes when he oh uh, yes he does yes he does <laughs> Well, that's good. That's great that you guys are going to get some some games in um, before going to Indy. Uh, either way, I mean, this is just no matter if it's basketball, volleyball, any sport. I mean, it's such a challenging time to be a, a student athlete. And, uh, and it seems like the a mental toughness might have to be might have to come into play more than ever for, for people to just kind of persevere through these different challenges and setbacks that all teams are going through. What can you what can you share about Baylor's basketball squad, your squad that uh, that you've noticed just from a, from a mentality standpoint through all of this? Well, I think um, you saw last year that we had a really mentally tough group mm -hmm. and a really together group. And um, the thing about coach and the culture that he's established at Baylor is that, I mean, we, we our players and our athletes come first. And so we really spent a lot of time thinking about their mental health, thinking about um, some of the things that, you know, just when you have a lot of time, I mean, your brain can go in a lot of directions. And so, you know, you just really need to know that people are there for you and focus and be able to take it one step at a time. So we've encouraged our guys, man, let's just focus on one day at a time. Don't worry about the future. Don't worry about a week down the road. Don't worry. You know, I mean, because they're always thinking about the future and the next thing they're going to do. And so we try to keep them in the moment. Let's get 1% better every day. Let's control what we can control today. Have no idea what's gonna to happen tomorrow, but if we take care of today in this moment, then we'll be prepared for whatever happens tomorrow. And so that, that's, that's the approach we've had. Uh, the guys have really embraced it. We've seen our older guys really take the younger guys under their wings and you know, teach them how to be a, a college athlete. Uh -huh. and, you know, just the kind of dedication and sacrifice that it, that it takes. To, to, to improve and, and grow in your craft and, um, and you know, and just, just how to adapt because yeah. this is different. You know I mean? I was talking to someone the other day and they said like their freshman year at college was, 
like the best year of their life. They had no worry. They felt like they was at summer camp yeah. for a year, you know? And uh, well, our guys, they don't get that. They're, we're like at boot camp <laughs> for a year. You know, you're going to be at the gym. You're going to be in the weight room. You're going to go back to your, your apartment and you're going to stay there. You know, and I mean, that's the kind of sacrifice you have to make. Well, our vets have really like put their arms around the other guys and said, you know, man, we're going to be there with you. We've gone, we're going through this together and it's a together thing. And, and, you know, just, just really trust what the coaches are telling us and, and we'll be all right. And so we've, we've, we've seen the leadership of our players, you know, just transcend through the, the entire team, but that all just trickles down from Scott and his approach to how he wants to lead a team and, and build a program. Has anyone specific emerged as kind of, or maybe one or two people kind of emerged as a team leader or, or is it just kind of everyone in their own way? I remember last year we would ask the players that question and we never got a definitive answer because you had so many different personalities that just kind of blended together. So anyone, anyone this year kind of stepping into that role or. No, no, no one particular person. And, and that's the thing. I, I think uh, like there are different, so many different areas mm-hmm. in, and things that you go through as a team on a journey. And I mean, in the midst of tough things or, or confrontational thing, Macy Oteague is unbelievable at being able to address everyone differently. You know, uh, you know, Jared Butler is, is incredible in like tense situations and just getting everybody to calm down. You know, uh, yeah. you know uh, Davion has been such a consistent worker. I mean, when you, you talk about like, you know what you are getting every day from this young fella. And then, you know, when, when we're down, I mean like down and out and it doesn't look like there's any hope. Mark Vidal's got some resilience and fight in him that can stir everyone. And so it's, it's a, it's a blend of all of it together. And, and they really um, complement each other. Yeah. Awesome. You know, and and, I mean, but I, I think like, like, you never hear Scott talk about him leading our program. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always talking about the staff and the players. And I, I believe that just his approach, you know, that the, the guys pick that up and they become that they don't take credit, you know, and that's our, yeah. our theme of, you know, being a team that, that operates with joy, you know, and we put Jesus first and then others second and ourselves last. And I think if you ask any of the guys, something hoping that they would say themselves, they're always going to throw the credit to somebody else. And that's just taught from, from Scott. Yeah. Yeah. Along along those same lines, this may be something you're aware of or may not be aware of, but I was texting uh, LJ Cryer's dad and he was just mentioning that uh, Matt Meyer uh, grabbed LJ and said, let's go get shots up, you know? So it's, I mean, you expect that from like Davion and, you know, some of the older guys, but it's kind of cool to see that, you know, from, like Matt and like it's a each one teach one type of mentality, huh? Yeah, it is. And 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 then you know the 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 joy of watching a guy like Matthew Meyer mature, you know, from day to day and week to week, month to month. And um, you know, we're with him all the time. And then when he goes home for a few days and then his mom calls you and says, Man, thank you. What y'all are doing with my son is unbelievable. I see all these things. And so it just it's really um, gratifying. Yeah, that's great. All right. So I, I know the fans love these type of questions, but, you know, we know what Mark Vidal and Jared Butler and Davion Mitchell and Macy Oteague bring to the table. Are there some guys that you think are going to really surprise Baylor fans 
uh, that you've seen, you know, leading up into this uh, opening, these opening games that, that have just really uh, taken big strides and, in, in, you know, this, you know, fall camp leading up to the season? Well, I mean, I guess surprise in an aspect of they haven't seen it before, but I hope they wouldn't be surprised in um, the level of um, talent, toughness, and character that these guys are going to bring to the floor. And But Adam Flagler and, uh, you know, Jonathan, um, they, they've been they've been really really special. I, I believe that Flo Thambas might might be our most improved player, you know, and just the strides that he's taken and um, and Flo got a girlfriend and uh, she's been awesome for him. And so, <laughs> I mean, you know, it's amazing the things that happen, you yeah. know, in a young person's life right. that allows them to 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 see a be- see the different perspective. Right. And you know, um, and and you talking about kids Jonathan and, and Flo who you know every day they look at what's happening in their country you know Flo's parents dad's uh you know works in the government there in the Congo and there's up unrest and Jonathan in Cameroon the things that are happening and in Nigeria and you know I mean those guys they're experiencing some different things and they're not there to do anything about it mm-hmm. you know and so um and to watch how their approach every day um, is, is really, really special. And, and so they're just incredible young men. And I, Adam Flagler, man, I, I, I wouldn't let, you know, I wouldn't let anybody date my daughter, but I'd consider him, you know, for real. He's just a high quality guy, man, just, and man, can he hoop, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, he can hoop, hoop. And so it's, uh, it's fun. I mean, it, it's, it's really, really fun. And, uh, so it's um and watching Matthew develop physically and you know and and grow that that so I I, I think um, we are as talented as we've ever been um, from top to bottom right. and uh, but we're by far the the highest character group of guys we've ever been around. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people. Um, close to the program, talk highly about all those guys, but Flagler's a name that, that comes up in every conversation. Just just in a little more detail, you know, basketball-wise, what's what's really impressed you the most about him? Um, well, he's probably our second best on-the-ball defender. Uh-huh. Right, and uh, I mean, Davion Mitchell can get by anybody, and he struggles to get by Adam Flagler. So that kind of tells you, I mean, when, when you talk about a kid who can get in the stance and move the way he does and keep the ball in front, play with his chest, you know, willing to be physical and stick his nose in there and get tough rebounds, and then he can score. I mean, he has – he can catch and shoot three. He can shoot the three off the dribble. He's got a mid-range pull-up. He's got a floater, and he can finish with both hands. Yeah. I mean, you're, 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 he can score all five levels. And, and, and he can play in a pick-and-roll. You know, and so I mean, it's he's he's really good, man. He is. I feel like you. I feel like he's almost even surprised you guys a little bit. Like you knew you were getting a good player, but he's almost like taking. Yeah, it. you know, you know, you saw him at uh, Presbyterian, and you saw the film, and you saw a kid who could make shots, mm-hmm. and uh, but you didn't realize, like, like maybe you, you had a, a ceiling on where he's at. But he's like blown through. I mean, it's like paper ceilings. Like he's just blowing through. Okay. Just uh, yeah. So it's been, yeah. He's he's been he's been a lot of fun, man. 
and you know, and and the, the character and the, the family that he comes from, his pops is unbelievable, and mom, and um, you know, just so you can like coach him, you know, you can you can you can challenge him, you can you can push him, and he doesn't flinch, you know. And so it's. Why don't you think? Um, did he go unnoticed out of high school? Was he? What's his background as far as you know? Why he ended up at Presbyterian and and, and things like well, that? Well, I, I think he played on a small. AAU team, and mm-hmm. even though he put up numbers, I, I don't think people valued the the fact that he put up numbers. Mm-hmm. They they paid too much attention to the competition. Yeah, and, you know, I'm just tell you, there's some dudes like you can put them in a gym by themselves, and they couldn't score 50 points. Right, and uh, so to score 50 points in any kind of game, uh, you got to be able to put the ball in the hole. You know, you got to have some some talent. I think people underestimate that. Played on a, his high school team, played was a low level but they were really good, you know, yeah. won a lot of games and people didn't value those things. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think anybody took the time to find out the kind of guy his dad was, you know, and, uh, and how he raised him and how he trained him and how, you know, I mean, you know, it's, it's uh, that, that's so important, you know, it's so important the, the, the men that are behind these young men and, and how they raised them and, and, you know, that, that determines, you know, how far you can push him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Great example. So, I, you know, I, I, is it crazy for me to say this, that Jonathan may be our most important player to keep healthy? I mean, with the loss of Tristan and, you know, needing, you know, a guy to really, you know, carry the, the, the weight down low, is, is, is he the one guy that we just have to really keep healthy this year? Mm. I mean, I could see how you might think that I, I think both he and Flo mm-hmm. together, you know, I believe, I think they're a two headed monster and, right. uh, you know, you, neither one of them are a proven product. Right. And so, and they haven't had to do it night in and night out. And so regardless of how hard they've worked and how talented they might be, they still have to go through the growing pains of experience and, and trial by fire. And so, you know, you're going to see some ups and downs. And then hopefully as we go along, get into normally, I would say when we get to January, but now it might be even get to February based on how many games we get to play, right. you know, then maybe you'll start seeing that, like the, the consistent line rather than the ups and the downs from them. And so now where that line is, we'll determine how quickly they can learn, but there's a lot of basketball. Both of those guys still have to learn. Yeah. Um, but because they've never been in that situation before and so it's just uh but can he catch a lob yes he can catch a lob can he run the floor yes does he set great screens yes can he score with his back to the basket yes you know he can do those things and um how consistently he'll be able to do that knowing when he's going to get those opportunities and can he stay out of foul trouble and can he make the right ball screen calls you know three times in one half court possession you know, those are the things we got to see. And, right. and that's why we need both he and Flo to get experience in those situations. Yeah. I, saw, I saw some scrimmage video. And I probably caught one of those up days because he really played well in the scrimmage. But and I, one thing I noticed is he was about 10 for 10 from free throws also. Yeah, no, he, 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 he on his free throws. Uh, yeah, he works, man. This dude is, is – during – let me give you the story. During um, – when we weren't allowed to come to the gym, guys couldn't come to the gym, couldn't come to the weight room. Right. Co- 
coach. We were able to give him some equipment to work out with, right? Um, Jonathan probably had half the weight room at his apartment. Yeah. <laughs> really, he had his own weight room out on his his balcony, yeah. and uh, and then he had a, a bike inside his his apartment. And Jared Butler said he would get up in the morning. It'd be like seven in the morning. Look outside when he's on. There's Jonathan on the court outside doing defensive slides. You know, what I mean, this is a guy who is. I mean, he's relentless. Just yeah. just works, and so. Um, yeah, he's going to have those highs and there's going to be some times when he has some lows. It's just how quickly he can bounce out of those lows. Yeah. You know, and that, that'll come with experience. Right. That's exciting to hear. And I, and I can tell in your voice that, that Flo Thamba has shown you something that, that has you optimistic about, you know, the direction he's headed. I wanted to ask you, though, about Tristan Clark just real quick, because, I, I, you know, he was such a big part of your program there for a couple of years. How much do you feel for a kid you know, when you see something happen and he has to kind of just give up the game before he's, you know, he's probably anticipating doing it. I mean, yeah, that- man, I, um, none of us has ever been in that situation where, you know, one week, you know, you're thinking that the dream of your life to play in the NBA might be just a few months away mm-hmm. and then, you know, it's gone, you know, and, um, yeah, and so you just really hurt a guy like closest experience was with Isaiah Austin mm-hmm. and um uh but yeah that that it's, it's been it's been tough because you know he wants to play and and like there are times there's sometimes I didn't want him at practice because he would show you glimpses of his old self with his great hands and feet and scoring ability you know and you'd get excited as a coach and and then you know next day he'd be limping around and you'd be like Man, I sure hate it for this. So Tristan's just a, an unbelievable uh, young man and, and life threw a lot of crazy things at him. And um, we always tell the guys, you know, that God gives the, the toughest test to the strongest warriors. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, 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 what's it was it really cool the other day when he spoke to the team that he was able to have a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he had some peace in his spirit yeah. about the direction that he was going to go in. And uh, now, you know, as he's going in that direction, you know, there's going to be tough times. There's going to be, you know, the, you know, things that get him down as he thinks about what could have been. And that's where we, the Baylor family, have to be there for him and continue to encourage him. Because um, even if he had continued to play basketball, it was only going to last maybe another five, ten years. And then there was still this life to go live. And he just gets to go into this life a little earlier. And uh, he's going to need us to be there to support him as he is on that journey that he knows that we're there and um, people got his back. Yeah, and, and you, you speak to something that's probably a big challenge every year, but this year particularly, I mean, obviously there's big expectations for this team. There's COVID, you're dealing with just the wackiness of all this, you know, 2020 situation. You know, Jason and I always talk about we love the regular season of basketball and, and the average fan probably just puts too much pressure on March and March madness. But, you know, just how, how important is it just to embrace the, the joy of the journey and just, you know, competing against yourself, you know, getting that 1% better every day. Like, like even, you know, practices, you guys practice today, right? I, I think. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, you know, actually we opened practice today. Tell, I told the guys, that um, whether there's a game 
a day from now, two days from now, a week from now, today is the only thing that we can control. And your ultimate goal is is not to play a game, but to one day be a, uh, get paid to play this game. Right. That's your, and so we have to get better today. Right. So all we can control is so let's let's embrace it. Let's let's have you know joy in in the opportunity because on March twelfth, if you remember, they came to us and said you couldn't play basketball anymore. Right. We came home and they said, hey, you can't use the facility anymore. And there was a time when all these guys wanted to be able to do was just get in the gym and shoot and play and practice, wishing we could practice. And so now today we had a chance to practice. So let's embrace that joy that we're here to practice. We get to and compete and be the very best that we can be today. And we'll take care of tomorrow and tomorrow. And I thought the guys did that, man. They, they jumped in and they, they, they were awesome today. When you watch them, when you go to these practices, what, what is the most glaring area where you think you need to improve right now? Is it, is it defensively? Is it? Yeah. Defensively. Jeez Louise. Really? <laughs> I'm for real. I, 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 and you know, I'm, I, I'm not quite as uh like, I don't quite as spin things quite as well as Scott does. Okay. Yeah. So you got, you got, you got it. Like, I mean, I'm sitting on the bench we were scrimmaging each other, right? I was sitting on the bench and I'm looking. And if I close my eyes, it sounds right. I mean, the tennis shoes are squeaking. I can hear the guys talking. You know, you it, the bodies are hitting. It sounds right. But the ball keeps going in the hole. And I'm like, we can't possibly be this good offensively, right? right? You know, and so you go and you look at the film. and But our offense is designed to attack our kind of defense, mm -hmm. you know, and, and so, and our guards know what to expect. And so, uh, yeah, it's frustrating as a, as like our goal, Al and I, we, we coach the defense and John and Scott, they coach the offense, right. Yeah. Mostly. And so uh, our goal, so I just told him, I think it was last week. I said, Hey man, we haven't had John and coach yell at the offense one time in like eight weeks. Let's, let's figure out how we can get them to stop practice and yell at the offense just one time. And so we were able to get that a couple of times this la the last couple couple of weeks. So that, that made me feel good. But yeah, we got we to gotta get better defensively and, and we got to rebound better. Um, we're just not rebounding well enough. And we're not hitting, you know? I mean, that, that's the thing. La last year, actually two years ago, when we lost Tristan, we had to figure out how we we're going to rebound because we were little. And we decided, man, we're just going to hit everybody. You know, every person, every time a shot went up, we wasn't going to look at the ball. We was going to go find somebody to hit. And we end up being like top three in the league in defensive rebounding. Mm -hmm. And we've always been a good offensive rebounding team. Uh, but we're, we're not good enough defensively. And we weren't good enough defensive rebounding last year either. So we've got to get better there. Right. Well, at least, you know, individually, you got guys that have proven themselves on that stage, that big stage mm -hmm. defensively with, Mark and Davion, you said Adam's great defensively, but a, a big guy you lost when it comes to rebounding is, is Freddie Gillespie and such a huge part of your, your program for the last two or three years. Did, what was it like to talk to him after draft night? You didn't get picked, but he's getting some opportunities. What, what have you, have you heard from him? What's he, what's he saying right now? Yeah. Well, you know, he immediately signed with the Mavs yeah. and then um, wanted to come down, wanted to come down and work out with, uh, with, at Baylor because he was in Minnesota and all the gyms were closed down there. So he wanted to come to Baylor, but because of 
COVID things, we couldn't have them come down. And then I think there's something going on. You know, I don't know exactly what's happening now with Dallas and Miami. You know, there's, I know there's some change that took place, but, but immediately afterwards it was, I'm going to Dallas. Can I come down and work out? Gyms are closed. So he's just, Freddie's one of those guys, man, that uh, he grows on you. Right. Like like you see him the first time and you're, you're not like, you're not going to be super impressed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, then two weeks later, you just not going to be able to have enough of him. And he just because he's just going to outwork everybody. Well, I hope he grows on on the Mavericks or the Heat or whoever it is fast. Yeah, I mean, he, he's he's just a guy you want to have around. You know, he's going to practice hard, right? He's going to have a good attitude, and and uh, yeah, I, I hope he's in the league. So, um, Ashley, I feel like I'm le- Ashley's turn to ask a question. I, oh yeah, no, yeah. Well, we just wanted to ask you about your personal uh, development. I, I've we've never yeah. like to be ready. Um, podcasts that you're doing and being a part of, I mean, so you know, tell us about, you know, what you're, what you're doing to, uh, you know, for like, as far as that's concerned, you know, just maybe give, give us a little glimpse on to, into what you're working on. Well, you know, um, when the whole thing, when we shut everything down and we we're going to be working from home, um, you know, Alvin coach Brooks, he uh he called me one and he said, "Hey, I'm doing this podcast, this this Zoom meeting with some young coaches. Would you mind coming on and just talking?" And I was like, "Sure." I mean, I didn't realize anybody wanted to hear anything I had to say, and so we got on and and it was just a really cool collection of of young coaches. And um, I remember a few years ago, I had asked Alvin. I said, "Hey, who's the next Alvin Brooks? Who's the next Yurik Malagi?" You know, who's the next young guy out there that is going to be the next, you know, and we couldn't come up with some names. Right. And, but this Be Ready uh, platform that Alvin has created has allowed me and several others to meet some really sharp young minds, guys with really good hearts that want to be better coaches, that want to do it for the right reason and do it the right way. And uh, so that's been fun. We meet, we used to meet every Wednesday and Saturday and then you know, as we started going back into the office, it became, you know, every Wednesday. And um, then we had our last episode uh, a few weeks ago and uh, looking forward to season two. But it's just a, a professional development, you know, of you know, how to be a better coach, you know, how to interview better, how to, you know, we had a mental health coach come on. We've had some ADs, some, some search firms, you know, just different people just teaching about the business. Yeah. And, uh, and some great coaches, man, Leonard Hamilton had everybody laughing and crying all at the same time. It was, he was unbelievable. So we had some really good coaches come on and share about their journey in the business and, um, just, just people giving back, man. And, uh, and I am convinced, right? Like Scott uh, has allowed us to share more about the inner workings of our program during this pandemic than we've ever done before, you know, um, and I, I'm convinced that the fact that we've taken the time to give back and give to other people, God says, you know, given it shall be given unto you. And I think our recruiting class this year is a direct reflection of God honoring us for pouring into other people. And because um, nobody can explain how you end up with those three guys yeah. the way you did without a visit, you know, in the midst of a pandemic. And I, I firmly believe that's God honoring uh, coach for being willing to share and give back about how what he's done in our program. 
Jerome, but on a personal level, and this is kind of going way back now, but just, just think about back to when you joined this staff and, you know, what your expectations were, where you were in life kind of as a, as a coach and, and just how you've really grown and, and developed yourself, you know, here in your time in Waco. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I think Coach and I, like, connect because we're both, like, big thinkers. Mm-hmm. And so um, I remember when I first got to Heritage Christian, mm-hmm. small 1A TAPS private school in Cleveland, Texas. You know, I remember looking around the gym going, man, we can make this into top 25 high school program in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody thought we were crazy, you know, and 10 years later, in our last three years, we we're top 25 in the country, but nobody could see it at that time. Coach just press conference when he came to Baylor was we're going to win a national championship. That's what we want to do. And I remember Daniel Gibson's dad, I was working with the Houston hoops at the time. And I remember asking him, Hey, what did you think of the coach from Baylor? And he goes, I, you know, I was a little turned off that he started talking about national championships right away when they had just gone through what they went through. And I was, to me, it was like, but you, he didn't have nothing to do with that. You know, that's the figure, you know, and, but coach was thinking big at the time. And at the time, People were probably, oh, he's crazy, you know, and, um, you know, can you just think about this, right? Like three of the last five seasons, we've been ranked number one in the country. Mm-hmm. How yeah. crazy is that, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, just that, that, that's just, that's like amazing. Now, and it's still not what we want. You know, we want to win Big 12 championship. We want to win a national championship, you know, and that's, but the fact that, you know, his big thinking has allowed this program to come this far. And um, and just his willing, I mean, he took a chance on me. You know, I'm a guy who I didn't have my degree and we didn't know each other from Adam. And and he took a chance on me. And um, it was it was a God thing. And I mean, it's just, you know, Baylor allows me to be me. You know, I can I can preach the word. I can love on our guys. I can raise my family and um I want to be a head coach, you know, there's no doubt about it. And, but God, for some reason has not allowed the right door to open yet to say, this is where I want you to go. And so it's been real easy to say, no, this is where I want to stay. Well, well I think what's really cool is, you know, now I, I feel like the last five, six years, people have really started to recognize you for your coaching and, and what you're doing to develop players. And, you know, so many times young coaches get signed and they're like, Oh, he's just going to be a recruiter. You know, I'm sure you, you probably heard that early in your career. Does, does stuff like that drive you? And, and just to, I, and along with that, I mean, how, how much do you feel like you have developed as a as a coach when it comes? You know, to- um, I like I've always thought I was a good basketball coach. Uh-huh. Now, but when you're running your own program in high school, you really think you know more basketball than you know, uh-huh. right? And then we come here and. You know, we're, we're building from scratch. So it didn't matter how much basketball you knew. You wasn't beating Kansas and Duke and Kentucky until you got like equal, close to equal players. You know, I mean, you had to get players. So underst- I understood my role at the time. And the time was that we had to go out and get players. And mm-hmm. so uh, if I was trying to implement all my great basketball wisdom into uh, Baylor and not focus on the role that we needed they needed me to do at the time 
uh-huh. the program wouldn't be where it is right now. And and Coach was real clear about that. I mean, he was um, in his kind way. He was able to direct us, and this is what we need. And he never stopped us from coaching. I mean, I got to coach in every practice. I got to input game plan, all that kind of stuff. But that that wasn't the the where I would be the most valuable. Yeah. Okay. And then when Coach Driscoll left, well, everyone said, well. Matt is gone. He was the basketball mind. Like people didn't think Scott could coach, yeah. you know, which was the craziest thing in the world. Like really. And, uh, and so they're like, Oh, they're not going to coach Driscoll left the basketball mind left. Well, I took that as a challenge because I wanted to show that, I mean, well, I could help keep everything organized. I can, I can coach defense. I can, you know, so, and coach allowed me to have a bigger role. And, and that that's the thing about Scott is that like, he doesn't care who gets the credit at all. And I mean, but now all of a sudden he's gone from being a great recruiter who can't coach to being a guy who is a great coach and can't recruit to now he can, he's going to be John Wooden. He's going to be a hall of famer. You know, I mean, think about this. This, He's going to be a hall of famer. You know, Uh, that's just going to, we're going to go to the final four. We're going to win a national championship. He's going to get inducted into the hall of fame. And that's just, it is what it is. I mean, and, but, and he's done it at his pace and allowed all of us to grow and enjoying the success. So, um, you know, I, I, I think I, I'm just one, one of those guys. I, I like being part of the team. Yeah. Uh, I, like, I mean, I, every guy that we have worked with, Matt, uh, Grant, Paul Mills, I mean, we're like a family. Those dudes are like my brothers, man. And so the thing that the environment that coach has is that he doesn't pit us against each other. And there are some programs out there that pit their assistance against you. Who, who can bring in the best player? Who can do this? Who can, you know, and, and everybody's trying to show I did this, I did that. And that's not the makeup of our staff. It's a to us, man. It's all John, John, as great as Grant, Matt, and Mills are, right? As great as they are. Coach Driscoll's won coach of the year three times in his league. Mac just won coach of the year. Mills has Oral Roberts in a place they hadn't been in like 20 years. Uh-huh. Okay. And John Jacobs and Alvin Brooks are the two best assistants I've ever worked with. They are unbelievable. I walked in coach's office the other day after they did film with the team. And I went, man, these dudes are special. (laughs) Now you should see some of the stuff that the the creative things and how they explain and teach things. And I mean, it's, it is, it's those guys are just unbelievable. They make my life so easy. So, yeah. Well, you mentioned the recruiting class and Jason and I interviewed Kendall and Langston and Jeremy. We had a podcast with them the day they signed. And, you know, was, I was just really impressed by all three of them, their maturity. They, they, they seem like they're all in on, you know, Baylor and trusting the process and reasonable expectations. I mean, you know, just as you recruited these guys, you know, just maybe talk about how they fit our culture and, and, you know, what you, what your expectations, maybe not next year, but, you know, going forward for, for those three guys would be. Well, the first thing is their families. I mean, dads in their lives who are just unbelievable men who, um, I mean, they have, they love their sons and, um, they want to see them be great men first, you know, and, and moms who are super supportive and you can just sense 
the 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 love and the nurture that they have and and there's a balance there in the home that like when you see that balance man and that that I, it's just so important that that young men have have dads in their lives right. you know and and that that has been that that was when you saw that that makeup and you that, that's who we dealt with with parents and when you're dealing with parents about kids parents understand uh, the value, the eternal value, and the the lifetime value of Baylor University. Right. Okay. And so then it was just about do they fit with us basketball wise, right? And um, and how are we going to help them? Well, we have, you know, just eight coach has eighteen years of history to show he's helped develop guys like them maybe not as talented as them coming in and where they've gotten to and so if you'll come in and have that kind of approach you know the sky's the limit for you and and all the all those guys bought into that and their their families you know were behind it so yeah when you look at all you've had so many success stories you know guys you've recruited and, and grown close to and they've gone on the great things is there a story or two that you take particular pride in um, or a, a player or two that you take particular pride in looking at where they were and, and where they ended up? Man, uh, you know, one of the, Ishmael Wainwright, yeah. I remember um, that he, when he was in Kansas City, a teacher in Kansas City told him that uh, he would never go to college. Yeah. Right. You, you'll ne- he wasn't smart enough to ever go to college. And I just remember him telling me that story and the, this, the, the joy when Ish got his degree. Yeah. You know, not, not just got in the Baylor, but the, watching him, his, him get his degree and, yeah. you know, just uh, Torian Prince, we used to go to breakfast. So, I, you know, I take the guys to breakfast um, and we would talk about family traditions, mm-hmm. right? And, uh, one of our family traditions for Christmas is my wife gets us all matching pajamas and we yeah. take a picture. And I remember telling him about that. And then I remember uh, three Christmases ago, he sent me a picture of his family in matching pajamas on Christmas oh, Day. Man. Yeah, you know, That's I mean, man. so just, you know, those those types of things, man, just, you know, just, just so proud of all of them, you know, and, and I'm so proud of, how much they love coming back to Baylor. Mm -hmm. Tweety Carter. I used to call Tweety. Paul Mills and I would be at half court. And I specifically remember we were at Texas Tech, standing at half court. There was still about 60 minutes before the tip. So the teams are warming up and stuff. And we're on the phone with Tweety Carter saying, hey, Tweety, uh, one day when you're at Baylor, we're going to roll into Texas Tech. We're going to be ranked number one in the country. This place is going to be packed, and they're going to be coming here to see you. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and, and Tweety remembers that, you know. And so, you know, when we, a few years ago, we rolled into West Virginia, the, the all, outcome wasn't very good. But the initial walking in the gym and the place was packed for the warm-ups, and we were number one in the country. And yeah. thinking that, man, I remember calling Tweety on the phone, and then now this thing actually happening. So. Yeah. Those are all some awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks, uh, Jerome, for doing this. It's It's been awesome. And I appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to do it. And uh, good luck. Hopefully we can get these games in and 
Uh, I know Illinois and Gonzaga are going to be two, you know, much anticipated matchups as well. So uh, hope, hopefully uh, – now you guys tested today. Did everybody come back clear? Can you share? Yes, we, 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 we tested uh, – we actually tested the day before yep. we, we were supposed to leave. And then when we were told that we couldn't go, we went from the airport back and tested again the, the, the PCR test. And then uh, this morning we tested again and everyone came back negative and we'll test again tomorrow morning. And I am convinced everyone will come back negative. And yeah. so I, I know there were people who were concerned about this and as to why they didn't want to play. Right. Uh, but I want to assure our fans that we did everything in our power to, to give us opportunity to play. And for you know some reason it didn't work out, but you know, our, our goal wasn't to beat Arizona State or or Villanova, you know, at the start of the season. It's to make sure we win that very last game. Yeah. And so just please social distance, wear your mask, wash your hands, don't get weary and well doing. New season we'll reap if we faint not. And uh, you know, let's let, let's make wise choices and hopefully uh, we can we can all be in Indianapolis together. Maybe it's cleared up and we can all be there together yeah. and watch confetti fall from the ceiling. Right, right. Well, hopefully, Jerome, you get at least a chance to to sneak a good Thanksgiving meal in somewhere. You a you a pecan pie guy or, or no, 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 a sweet potato pie. We already did. We did Thanksgiving as a family already, and, okay. uh, <laughs> and so my wife made the sweet potato pie filling, but yeah. I make the crust and I do my own pie crust, and oh, it was it was uh -oh. also during COVID. You asked me like I my my professional development was be ready. But my personal development was in that kitchen, man. You became a good cook. What, what was wow. it yeah, that you really perfected? Well, I, I, my pie crust got really good, and uh, I can make a good apple pie, any kind of pie I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at. And, uh, you know, lasagna, um, yeah. you know, I, I, can, I can grill a good steak. Um, just, uh, I, I've like all the, uh, yeah, we, we, we did all kind of stuff. I was... She would like look at me like, oh, you've been in there all day. Aren't you tired? But it was like joy, you know. Yeah, yeah. So so my we, my kids learned like my son had a day and my daughter had a day and my wife had one one day. And then I had like the rest. So it was it was oh, on man. And, man, I was so, it, a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I think Ashley and I are going to go start looking at Vegas flights. So we'll let you <laughs> <laughs> we'll let you go. But uh, Jerome, thanks again. And, and everyone, thanks for watching the uh the Sikkim 365 podcast. It's part of the Field of 68 network run by my guys, Jeff Goodman and Rob Doster. Help us out and, and, and uh, look us up on iTunes and subscribe. And Jerome, we'll see you hopefully at the Ferrell Center real soon. And good luck in Vegas. All right, y'all. Take care. Happy Thanksgiving.